Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures mostly unchanged here as the Dow's up nine in the past 10 days. Got a Fed decision at two o'clock. Repo squeeze quiets down, although we will get a New York Fed operation for a second day today. Europe is green. UK inflation disappoints. Oil down as the Saudis give more intel today on those attacks. And the president orders Treasury to increase sanctions on Iran. Our roadmap begins with watching the Fed. Investors expect the second rate cut in a decade. Stocks mostly lower ahead of the open. Plus, FedEx is falling this morning. The shares are down in the pre-market over trade worries. Policy uncertainty, of course, as well, continuing to weigh on the delivery giant. And right idea, wrong approach. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi sitting down with Jim. You'll hear what she had to say about the president's China trade strategy. As we said a few moments ago, the president tweets, I've just instructed the secretary of the Treasury to substantially increase sanctions on the country of Iran. So nice that our country is now energy independent. The USA is in better shape than ever before. Strongest military by far, biggest economy, no longer even close. Number one in energy, MAGA equals CAG. Um, but, Jim, I mean, the story here is going to be about uh, the attacks and what else the Saudis can tell us about us as, as Aramco had that statement out yesterday. Right. I think that we have to we're just we're following the Saudis lead here. Uh, we're not leadership. I can't wait to see what what happens when Joe interviews Vice President Pence and tries to pin him down on this, because have we ceded our foreign policy to a foreign country? Are you asking me that question? Well, Unless you're on the podcast, the answer is yes. Um, yeah, I don't know if that is the case. I don't think so. Okay, well, but we are very close to with the Saudis. But I don't know what this was. I don't, look, I, I think most of us would say, don't we already have every sanction imaginable? Uh, I, I guess you could do a food blockade or something. That is what I wondered. Right, a food What's blockade. Left? What is left? Like what we did to already, Germany and what we not already won. under sanction when it comes to Iran. I, I do, food, a food embargo. That's getting. I mean, really, you, food. Well, hey, Stalin did it. Well, it's Treasury. Like, I mean, so the I Treasury doesn't have. Uh, I don't think I mean, we did it in World War One. I mean, I'm just saying that there have been food embargoes that have been done. This is not the way a, uh, our democracy approaches things. But we did help put a food embargo in Germany in World War One. I'm just trying to think of sanctions. Like, I'm out of sanctions. I'm out of short of doing something militarily. I don't know what to do next. Well, it certainly doesn't sound like he's going to be meeting Rouhani anytime soon. But No. Um, Aramco did say that they expect production to be back by the end of the month. Uh, they said that um, not a single shipment to a customer has been or will be missed. This is amazing. What happened here is extraordinary. The president is dead right. I mean, we have so much oil here. We're keeping the price of oil down. I mean, every time our producers get more money, they do more drilling. The drilling rig count is down pretty substantially this year, but the production is up because of the technology. Right. So what you have, and you've now got two pipelines coming in that will be uh, right into the area where we can ship. These are all happening right now. And not only are we energy independent uh, on the continental basis, but we don't know what to do with it. Now, it's right now the market's taking it. Yeah, well, right now there is no excess capacity in the market, though, either, right, with the Saudis being down. But we have it. We have excess capacity. Just started. 
I was using Rusty Brazil stuff. Just looking at it just this morning. I mean, the pipeline just got through. Like you, you know, the more ships you have, the more we're going to spoil. Well, I saw, I saw one uh, report yesterday, Capital Economics, said if you had outright conflict, right, in the Middle East, 150 by year-round. You think that's impossible? Yeah, that's, really? Yep. That's, that's off base. I mean, a combination of the strategic petroleum reserve, which we do not need to put out, and what we're doing in the Permian would make it so that you could actually, uh, I think that it could go up substantially, but if it went up substantially, that would really drill. I mean, I'm just saying it's, we have never been in a position where we can turn on a switch and start producing oil. I am now believing. Yeah, some pushback on this whole capacity thing that you're saying. I got to tell you. Pushback. I mean, yeah, uh, there's, pushback. A two, there's a two million ba- a day b- a barrel uh, coming uh, opening now. I mean, you, you can do crude by rail. Look, the Permian is going to add four million barrels a day in about three years. All right, but that's not right now. Well, okay. Kid. All right, let me just, let's play, let me play devil's advocate. Because you are the devil on this stuff. The, law, the five-year curve is 50-52. Yep. It was 50-52 the day that this happened where we thought that they were going to be offline for months. And the five-year never jumped. And that's not because of them. It's because of us. Okay. It's us. But, How but about that? Okay. Isn't that more about demand than supply? Well, look, I mean, when, when the city of San Jose says we're not allowing any more nat- buildings to use natural gas, you say that we are, we are declining in our use dramatically. The Chinese economy is not that strong. Uh, only if the president makes it so that the, can't, the cafe standards go up and we don't use California would there be even a chance that we are going to continue to use oil the way we do now? Well, he is yes. trying to do that. He is. He is trying yes. to lower the standards. None of the, no oil company that I talk to or auto company that I talk to agrees with the president. No, it's, it's a fascinating story, Isn't separate it? from this one. And yesterday, you had the move on California's inability now to, um, to regulate its own air. Right. Saying that it's part of... It'll, it'll, I'm sure it'll end up in the... Supreme Court, I no, guess. No, it will. Yeah. I mean, but remember, the, the previous administrations have all felt that it was right that California, that states' rights when it comes to energy and the environment. But I think that, I don't think people, I mean, I was with a company the other day. And they're buying, they're literally, uh, because they want to be carbon neutral, are putting, uh, going to utilities and say, listen, let's put up windmills, let's put up solar. This is happening so much faster than anybody thought. Now, the president's trying to keep coal in the equation. Now, I deal with the top five utilities. Not one of them wants coal. I mean, you, you can't bring it back if the utilities won't do it. No, you can't. And those plants are 40. Remember, Jimmy Carter's plants, when he wanted us to be the Saudi Arabia of coal, 40 years is the maximum length of those plants. Well, guess what year it's it is. more than 40 years, that's for sure. Yeah, it's big. This is a big change in our country. It is 40 years, and right. People are just not understanding. When you have the 10th largest city saying, listen, we're not going to let you put natural gas up. That means the whole bridge fuel is gone. The idea of what Boone Pickens wanted to do, uh, Aubrey McClendon wanted to do, two late visionaries, is out. It's out. People don't want that gas. Right. It's amazing. Uh, We'll keep our eye on energy. Obviously, it's going to be a story today. Oil down more than a buck. FedEx, the other big story, down in the pre-market. Company posts a quarterly miss, cuts full-year guidance due to increasing costs. These trade tensions pressuring the global economy, this drop in business from Amazon. Fred Smith weighed in on U.S. and China trade policy on the earnings call last night. There is no company and no person that has been more vocal in our opposition to the trade policies that we are pursuing. Now, to be fair, I think 
it's not just the U.S. I think China is also pursuing bad trade policy. People have been posting charts for a while now of global trade and FedEx stock. It's not encouraging. No, it's worse since they're talking about uh, global trade volumes decline year over year, which is the first decline since 2009. Uh, I mean, uh, Chairman Powell. Uh, Then there's also Fred Smith at a certain point just says, look, the country, everybody's whistling past the graveyard about the U.S. consumer and the U.S. economy versus what's going on globally. Basically implying that we were going to import that slowdown, particularly industrial. I know I was listening to uh, Stevie Leisman. Calls me Jimmy. Sure. Like my mom. Go with Stevie. Like my mom. I was listening to little Stevie. And he was saying, you know what? Uh, there's no real reason to, to uh, cut. Uh, well, if you read Fred, Fred Smith, a, a top flight economist, when but we had Kudlow and Kramer, Larry Kudlow was the chief economic advisor. We would put Fred on all the time. And this is the most dispiriting call about the economy that I've heard in a very long time. You know, it's interesting, guys, because 24 hours ago, we were talking about Randall Stevenson presenting at the Goldman Sachs conference not far from here. And we focused on all the things having to do with AT&T. But his most interesting comments, actually, and I had a chance now to go back and read them, are very similar to what Mr. Smith is talking about. He said, A, at 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 AT&T, the biggest thing he ever follows is business investments, the number one indicator they watch. uh, And it's flashing yellow, not red, but yellow. And you start trying to get your head around what's going on. This is where you can't leave China out of this conversation because whether it's China or whether it's the USMC, the Mexico Trade Agreement, I mean, just U.S. business is so dependent upon exports and trade. And Mr. Stevenson went on to say it shouldn't surprise anybody. Business investments start slowing down. That's exactly what we're seeing. He's hopeful as they get into election season, they'll get more motivation to get something done. But definitely slowing down. And you can't have that kind of slowdown in business investment and not find its way into the consumer. Largest, largest phone, one of the largest phone companies. Oh, no, AT&T has the great largest, insight into the large, enterprise, Largest right? freight forwarder, yep. uh, millions of pieces every day in the United States. I mean, I would, versus the commerce figures, I mean, these, these eight, Stevenson is, for better or worse, someone who really can have a view. No, I mean, he's got a view because he sees the numbers. Right, well, and, and Fred, Fred Smith, I mean, and Fred Smith is echoing, if not actually, uh, yeah. Does he, echoing. he knows how many pieces of FedEx went out yesterday and the day before. Now, he's questioned, and, and they're very, there's a rebellion on the call because $900 million miss. How can you keep forecasting wrong? When is Europe going to be integrated? How could you be so wrong about China? I mean, the, the, to their me, guidance is, is infamously wrong. Inf- it's inf- been yeah. that way for years. I know. Actually, someone said that you've been wrong for so many different quarters. I would come back. I am... I am a Fred Smith apologist. I mean, yes, the reduction in guidance, this is from Christian Weatherby at City. Well, let me tell you, it talks about how you've been so wrong about it. Not only directed. Let me tell you something, Christian Weatherby at City. You don't want to be Fred Smith. He's got the hardest job in the world. Can you imagine? He's reading and says, well, hold on, maybe we have a deal with China. Well, let's just keep those. Oh, no, there's no deal with China. Let's put those back. Hey, it could be a deal with China. Let's put them. I, I don't envy him. Sister, mother, sister, mother. Although others say, Jim, you know, we just had the biggest uh, supply shock in oil we've had in years, and stocks did absolutely nothing. And it's funny because they're not counting on a global recession. No, and Fred addresses. Listen, it's not about it's not about fuel. I like Fred so much. I mean, I didn't like the fact that he said that Amazon was only 1.3 percent in the beginning at the end of January, and then we find out that 1.3 percent was incredibly lucrative. But then the amount of money he had to pour in to get the Amazon ass is hard. It's very interesting. Uh, Really interesting insight about Amazon, but when I view these, I just say e-commerce is growing so fast. Let's throw Adobe in. It's growing so fast, but there's now getting a lot of competition 
in e-commerce. I think Adobe, which did uh, have a dispiriting couple of lines, but not all, and they beat the quarter. I think that underlying tension there is maybe Salesforce going against them. So we're now suddenly seeing boom, boom, boom everywhere. FedEx, UPS, even the, or the Costco Fed says, listen, we got to worry about UPS. We got to worry about the United States Postal Office. We got to worry about DHL. We got to worry about Amazon. I mean, I was worried. At the end of it, I was worried. He got me very worried. Got you worried? Yes. I I was, David, be afraid. Be very afraid. But I do feel as though he's been making this call for some time now, and nothing has seemingly gotten that much worse. You sound like the analyst community. Community. You've never said something. You're like the community. This is some community. community. You want to be in that community? That's a community of jackals. We did get at least two downgrades from BMO and Deutsche. Let me tell you, BMO and Deutsche, I don't know what. Why did you believe? Right? The fault is in BMO and and Deutsche, not in the stars. We're going to talk to the Deutsche analyst in the next hour. I I didn't mean that. Um, Meanwhile, Jim had a big interview on Mad Money with the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Here's what she told Jim about U.S.-China trade. You know what the trade deficit is now? Over $5 billion a week. A week? A week. Okay. It went from $5 billion a year to $5 billion. So we have, the American consumer has subsidized the growth of the middle class in, in China. They cannot be ignored, uh, but they cannot continue uh, to uh, violate the, our trade relationship. I think the president had to do something about it. I'm not sure he went the right way. I think we should have done it multilaterally with the EU and the rest. And what I would say is, whatever path you want to take to uh, uh, improve a trade relationship, do not empower the other side uh, to hurt your farmers and your consumers. If I were President Trump, of which I most surely am not, just so you know, I would reach out to her today. She is far more on the president's page uh, in terms of the need to protect the working person in a very practical way versus the leading candidates, well, not Joe Biden, but Elizabeth Warren. The numbers just keep showing that Senator Warren is surging and surging. I think she said, listen, we're pretty likely to get a USMCA deal. I felt good about the USMC deal. I also think, yes, I did. And I also think that she is as tough on China as he is, but she wants it to be done and coordinated with Germany, coordinated with with our so-called allies. The problem is, is they don't want to play because they need to do too much business. As Fred Smith would tell you, the reason why Germany is doing poorly is because we're hurting China. And Germany, if Germany doesn't do something fiscally, which they're not going well, to do because of hyperinflation and what by market. Savings rate, a new data today on the savings rate of German consumers, up, yeah, way up. They're in 1920s mode. Look, we know what happened in the 30s. That's what they really care about. They just don't want to do the prelude to the 30s, and who can blame them? But I, I felt that, that Speaker Pelosi offered many olive branches within the context of obviously their uh, the president is a little unruly, doesn't like the way that he, he, he treated the bonehead, uh, the chief. I always get that mistake now. I that bonehead's in my head. Get it out of your head. I'm trying. You got it's it stuck not, in my head. It's like I use those nicknames. It's no, right? No. But I no. mentioned it. I said, Gee, he doesn't seem to call you by names. And she goes, no. <laughs> Yes, he he needs her maybe more than anyone. We'll get Kramer's mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell in a moment. Take a look at the pre-market here. Uh, We'll talk about the Fed, this repo operation today, and the ongoing number of uh, guide downs we've gotten, Adobe, FedEx, Corning in just the past few days. Back in a moment.
All right, with about uh, 11 minutes or so to go before we get an opening bell here on what we like to call Hump Day, given it is the middle of the week, remember? Let's get to a mad dash. Adobe mentioned it briefly, but let's come back to Shantanu it. Shantanu Ryan is really one of the great executives of our time. He's built Adobe into the powerhouse that it is. If you're creative and you want to be on the web, if you have commerce and you want to be on the web, you cannot live without Adobe. At the same time, he made an acquisition this time last year, a company called Marketo. And there were issues about whether it's been fully integrated or not. There's just a couple of comments that kept an ever so slight trim. Now, this is the company admitted that their bookings did not meet their expectations and their consulting services were disappointing. But, David, people selling this thing, they have a November 4th analyst meeting. If they correct, course correct, of which I am confident Shantanu and Orion will do, then you have to buy this on day two of the sell-off, not today. This happened in 2017. They had a problem in the September quarter. They uh, There was a kind of a brief guide down. If you look back on the chart, it's one of the great buy moments. Those who are throwing away Adobe, I think, will be surprised at November 4th. Shantanu is going to fix the problems. He always does. Well, He's that, that good. At that point, I don't know if we can get a five-year look here, because when you talk about yeah. value creation and the benefits of hooking your wagon right. to a CEO whose vision you believe in. Will you look at that? There it is. Now, there were people in the court. One of my absolute favorite analysts, Heather Bellini from Goldman, uh, raises a question about whether there is maybe more competition. Now, this company is head-to-head against Salesforce. There's a series of acquisitions that Mark Benioff has made, co-CEO, and some acquisitions that, that Shantanu has made that you just have to believe there's an Axis and an ally group. And you know what? He's allied with Satya Nadella at Microsoft, which is an unbelievable company to be allied to, and Satya's so great. And look, there's no doubt about it that Mark Benioff's got a bit of Switzerland to him, but these guys are not friends. No. Well, not for, I mean, look, they may be friends for, I guess, for stock is down 2% over the last 12 months. Disappointed a lot of investors, at least this year so far. Well, he's got Trailblazer coming out of his book, and it's very good. But the fact is, it did have a great last year. So, And you know what, David? Really, we have to go. We do. We have, we have to, to go, go because we do have an opening bell, of course. Uh, let's give you one more look, by the way, at futures as we get ready for that opening bell nine minutes from now. A lot more from Post 9 coming your way. There's a... There's a look at crude, uh, down a dollar as the president says he's asking Treasury to raise sanctions on Iran. We expect more intel on the attacks from the Saudis today. We'll get the opening bell in just about six minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just over three minutes. Uh, busy morning. We've covered FedEx and oil. Uh, the Fed's going to be, obviously, the other big story today. Decision at 2 o'clock. Press conference uh, with uh, Chair Powell at 2.30. We'll look for questions about the balance sheet today, Jim, after uh, the New York Fed intervenes in the repo market for a second straight day. Uh, I think the effective federal funds rate is at the high end, maybe exceeding the high end of the range. There has to be a better explanation than the cryptic stuff we've what heard. What is going on? I mean, they open, I can give you a little call, they open at 350, traded right out to 500, and then uh, in the fours, and then drifted to the low threes, now the high twos. But to your point, Carl, still above the top of the Fed fund range. Fed fund range. And, um, I mean, what is it all saying? What is it all oh, no. Just First time another- in 10 years they've intervened. 
in this way. If, if the economy weren't as strong as it is, I think we'd be sitting here worried that someone uh, had a problem funding. But it's not that kind of environment. No, it's not. This is not the crisis. This is not where nobody would believe anybody or take anybody else's collateral right. except for a huge I, number. Look, I, I think we need a simple explanation. There has to be one. I, if I were the person who asked the question first, it would be the first person, first question I asked. Sure. What the heck is going on? Yeah. And if he's evasive, that would be a big mistake. We need to know because if it's really innocent, well, great. Let's hear it. Others, like Gunlack, say it is a precursor to a re-expansion of the balance sheet. Uh, he is call it QE if you want, but it's going to stop shrinking. And we'll hear him on Scott Wapner's show in half ahead of when the right I mean, ahead of when the Fed chief speaks. So there'll be a lot of conjecture. I think that Scott's show may control trading between twelve and one, as it has every time he has Gunlack. Will he every get a time. question on this? You think? Will uh I'll get a question on this. If he doesn't, what the hell are those guys doing? Yeah, I guess he must. It, definitely, right? right? Yeah. I mean, you can tell every boss is sending him, hey, you go ask this. I mean, everybody's kind of like got someone in their ear or sending him, like, hey, listen, go ask that question. No one else has asked it. So that's the kind of thing bosses do. So I, it'll get done. I don't, I don't ever hear from bosses, thankfully. No? No, I, well, that's what bosses Thanks, do. Bosses. <laughs> they tell you to ask that um, question. After retail sales were strong, Jim. We had industrial production yesterday. Housing, Housing starts today, 12-year oh, high. Man, I was just reading the uh, release from the, the people who write about housing from the housing industry, the mortgage industry. This is, they're saying it's directly having to do, this is Joel Kahn, whom I like, the NBA, says that low mortgage rates in the strong job market convinced homebuilders to ramp up production in August. Housing starts surge. Now, there is it's the multifamily, too. I don't want to get that wrong, but this is what we've been waiting for, and it's happening. There's been, a, we've been supply constrained, so this is very positive. I'm not going to spin this negative. People like to spin things negative. No, this is positive. Until 2 o'clock to see what the Fed says about today and the future. There's the opening bell on the S&P 500 at the big board today at City Growers, a nonprofit introducing farm-based learning in urban environments at the NASDAQ IGM Biosciences focused on the treatment of cancer patients. All right, so I guess we'll look to FDX to show us what the yeah. market believes about trade right now. People are going to say, watch UPS. Do people believe that... It- it's FedEx execution, which means you would buy UPS, or people believe that Fred Smith has got the CEO has a good read on the economy, which then you would sell UPS. Although the domestic, remember the domestic individual, domestic consumer market is just on fire because of all the different, everyone's doing e-commerce. I mean, they've had to add, add uh, dollar general depots. UPS down three, interesting. The market has spoken. Well, I mean, can you blame them when FedEx has a quarter like it did. That's no. what it did. FedEx, by the way, down over 11.5%. The quarter was a suboptimal quarter. Yeah. Yes, suboptimal. It was. Suboptimal. Uh, the stock is back to levels it hasn't seen since 2016, 15. Well, it hasn't. Business is not that. They're spending on. You know, David, you've often talked about the plane issue. Yes. Holy cow. They've got to retire these giant fleets. Is it, a, is it an airplane? Right. Is it an actual. Airline, as opposed to a well, it's an company. airline of a very, very easy to handle yeah. customers. Yes, they don't want anything. They don't want a soft drink. They don't want movies. They're happy to sit there. How many years has Fred Smith been the CEO of this company? Since the Civil War. 
Since the Civil War. I think Fred would, would he'd actually like that line. Um, speaking of airlines, uh, Southwest does uh, reiterate their Q3 RASM guidance of three to five. Jim, uh, they were just upgraded on Friday, as we know. Gary uh, Kelly. Think about Gary Kelly. What he had to do with he had a terrible tragedy, right? Uh, on in one of his planes, he is the largest Supermax guy, right? The Max is him, right? That he uses, he has the most of those. A lot of people feel that he's the most levered of some areas that had the worst weather. And he's the best. He, he's just the best. He stocks up 20%. This is Gary Kelly. Now, Gary Kelly is so self-effacing. If he were to say, it's not me. It's my team. Uh, it's not me. My team gets the job done. But he is remarkable. And you got to hand it to him because he, he, there are a lot of good airline executives. But Gary Kelly is the dean. He is. He usually good. comes on with us. Yeah, well, he'll be back, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Some of the, some of the uh, technicians looking at charts of airlines say we've been in the Fibonacci. It's a very tight range uh, and that it's poised to break out to the upside. Some well, look, I'm a big overall. Fibonacci believer. Of course, Fibonacci, we find that in pine cones, David, uh, shells. It's just naturally found. So, you know, it's a mathematician came up with it, Leonardo Fibonacci, not Leonardo DiCaprio, which I think you're thinking of. Or Leonardo da Vinci. Or da Vinci. Um, yeah. Da Vinci had game, man. Hey, I went to a restaurant that was uh, in, in a church that was done by Michelangelo. Another guy doesn't get talked about enough. No, but, never. We should be talking but, about Michelangelo every day. We should, but Fibonacci works. And I use the Fib Queen on my Tuesday show, Carolyn Baroden, and it's rarely been wrong. And I think that that is a very encouraging thing because the, we have been dealing with, are the transports going to confirm, not confirm, confirm? By the way, Fred Smith tips his hat to Old Dominion at one point. And it's just kind of a ramble. It's kind of a Speaking rambling. of Fred Smith, I think 1971. 1971? He's been CEO since 1971. Can we get a, a list of longest-serving CEOs? Can somebody right. start working on that? Let right me now? pop that up. I'd love to see that. Just, Warren Buffett's got to be on that list. Yeah, I would think so. Wexner, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Oh, all right, that's three. You yeah. got any? Do I have any? Yeah, you got any others? Longest-serving CEOs. I'm thinking. 500. I'm thinking. We still have some. Anyone still left from World War I who's alive? Interesting. I think well, a media company. No, I don't, I don't know. think so. I want to see it. Look, I think that. Perhaps, you know, that's look, that's he didn't proceed the. He didn't proceed the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers were earlier than Fred Smith. Yeah. Wright brothers. Wright brothers are still. Are they co-CEOs? No, it's just no. that they invented the airplane, so you know that they were well. They they were earlier than Fred Smith. Got it. <laughs> uh, meantime, uh, Whirlpool, Jim, I think, and Stanley uh, Black and Decker. Uh, get cut over a key. Uh, yeah, and those stocks were doing well yesterday. I mean, can't you just let a couple stocks go up for a couple days? You have to slash them. Jeez, I mean, Whirlpool started to move up. It was oh, breaking out. Fibonacci Queen. I mean, valuation calls re- in the past week. Uh, Dick's got one. Uh, I think JPM at Buckingham, right? I mean, I think these things the, have had a nice run. They haven't. Look, it is good. That there's a declared victory sense that makes sense. So I'm not going to go against that. If the What's your general rule? Thing. 20% gain, you ring some register? Yes, you got to take yeah. some off the table. I mean, look, this is an uncertain market. Uh, if the Fed says the wrong thing today, if the Fed even says mid-cycle, there was a bunch of guys talking about, he ought to talk about mid-cycle correction. Uh, that is, yes, he, that's saying we hope the stock market goes down. Now, I'm not, he should not t- take his cue from the stock market. Anybody who thinks he should is wrong. And they can come meet, see me at 1401 Cromwell Road's in Windward, which is what I visited because that was my high school reunion. But I will tell you that the bond market is saying cut. 
stock market doesn't mean anything to Powell. It's the bond market, which is, of course, much bigger and is saying, cut, cut, cut. You're way off. You raised rates too far, too fast. I agree with the bond market. I agree with President Trump. Well, there's actually been some good chart work done on global rate hikes in the past year and how they overshot, right? They, they did not did. allow the, econ- the global economy to gain enough escape velocity, as someone famously said. Well, where's the inflation? I mean, FedEx is not able to raise price, and it has to well, marginally raise the price in some things. But there is, there is a deflationary component. There's a note about Walmart today. Walmart continues to create deflation in the system. All of the cloud kings, deflation in the system. The gig economy, deflation in the system. That is, yes. The gig economy. No, you're right. Those are all it deflationary is. aspects. Well, I mean, it, like, it's shocking that you could have this unemployment this level and have... Yeah. A president who constantly says, no inflation, no inflation. Lower. Because yeah, there lower. isn't. Look at Walmart stock. What does that tell you? Costco. Costco, you go to Costco. I have a friend who got, uh, got a car at Costco. Uh, for a fraction of what it uh, costs at a car dealer. Costco has everything. Costco sells cars? Yeah, they sell everything. They don't just sell lobster dip. I know they do mortgages, uh, yes. hot dogs, Costco's rotisserie chicken. I don't know about cars, though. You're like, you're, um, have, like, great place to get your eyeglasses. Yes. I, I, I just find Costco is, it's they just an, exi- it's an exhilarating experience. It is? I've never Exhilarating experience. You've never been to a Costco? No, I've been in one. You're a known communist. I, I inter- well, speaking of some of those momentum names, I Jim. Senegal in a Costco one. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So he went. He's never shopped. I bet she doesn't even have a card. I bet she's not a member. How much you want to bet he's not a member? I'll, I, will you, be, I will agree with you. Do you have you. a regular? You do not have a Costco no. card. Do you have a Gold Star member or Black Card? <laughs> I, I don't have a Costco card. My wife is a Black Card. I have Gold Star. I don't Star. have room. You don't have a Costco card? Those big things. I don't need a seven-pound thing of ketchup. You need 12 houses, David. <laughs> yes, um, you do. I guess, when you're Jim Cramer. Jim, what a morning for some of these um, yum, Chipotle, Darden. I mean, there's been some menu innovation this week, but it's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Well, also, I mean, let's just face it. Uh, You know, a lot of this craze started when Popeyes, I used to call it Popeyes because I'm from Philadelphia, Popeyes started this chicken sandwich. And now we've got chicken sandwiches galore. I mean, KFC's got a chicken. Look at yum. This is the chicken sandwich craze. Craze. All the restaurant chains are doing fabulously. That's a sign that the consumer is spending. I'm not saying that they are. Even with the prospect of higher gas prices, modestly higher. Crocker Barrel had a great quarter. Crocker Barrel is on the interstate. So uh, I don't think, I think it says that uh, gasoline prices are not going to get too elevated. The restaurant business is on fire. Uh, A lot of it also, they've been able to develop and actually make money now uh, on the door dashes. The door dashes have really helped everybody other than uh, Domino's, which had its own delivery system. Right. So it's been it's become positive and additive for a lot of these companies to have delivery. That's shocking. It's certainly not for not for going on there in terms of uh, Grubhub and DoorDash. DoorDash, of course, uh, an important recipient of money from SoftBank. Right. They're playing with Wampum. And the question is Wampum. Back Wampum. to sort of back to WeWork and Uber and the underperformance there, it takes me because you do wonder about Vision Fund too and their continued right. ability to fund these losing, so far money losing operations. 
Democrats. Right. Well, that's what they do. And, and whether DoorDash is going to continue to be able to do that. They're wiping out everybody. Remember, they bought caviar, and, and that's their extension. They, right. they represent every, almost every restaurant. They also, they're very aggressive. Like one day on uh, Bar San Miguel, I mean, on Long Shoreman, the one that my wife's the general manager of, uh, it said that we are using them as this, we were using caviar, not DoorDash. But then DoorDash bought caviar. And you can't go get it. They take a huge percentage. of They suck a huge percentage of your money out of you. And plus, I mean, we have a bar at Bar San Miguel. I, I need people to get in. And Uber Eats are still losing money, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, did you guys see on The Five this morning, Courtney Reagan, they did a little segment about, about uh, Newman? Well, the FT has this piece uh, that during a webcast yesterday, he admitted that he needed to learn some lessons about running public companies, that his personality played a role in this IPO delay. He used to talk, he mentioned the word humble, I think. Yeah, he said humble. Listen, people hope that that's real. They hope that he feels that way. It would help. You don't think he has remorse? I have no idea. I haven't spoken to Mr. Newman. I look forward to sitting down and talking to him at some point, either privately, publicly, or both. Um, He is funny, you know. He's a he's a very charismatic man. Who's totally, kind of, you know. Listen, you don't found and, and create a company like that without having. I find a him lot sp- of talent. I find him spellbinding when I. There talk are a lot of people who are frustrated with him. Uh, I can tell you, uh, both inside and outside, some frustration certainly in terms of uh, his unwillingness to listen. All right, well, you perhaps know, him by saying he's been humbled. Maybe he listens more. Yeah, maybe those who perhaps can Hope impart so. some uh, valuable advice. And they're able to actually get this thing going next time. But we'll see. Well, if you I, want, I don't know that they're going to be able to. I don't. No, I know. It's but very it, difficult. We'll see what the numbers it, look like when they update them in, this, in the S1. Tim Cook has great humility. But this morning, Wedbush comes out. Drum roll into Friday's iPhone 11 launch. Talking about China being the star. Pre-order activity in China in the all-important China region that is roughly, it's roughly double a year ago. I mean, would that not shock you? If it turns out that China's twice as strong because they lowered price, I think that's incredible. And, and that's Friday launch. It's very, very exciting. I'm excited. I may pick one up. I may get one, David. I mean, I think you can put it. You know, when my wife put it, the, the near divorce that we have when my wife put it in the, dish, in the washing machine, Ouch. apparently you, these will solve a lot of spousal problems. They can get wet and longer battery life. Did you ever put it through? And then that whole rice bag thing, that's a joke. Oh, I never put my iPhone in the dishwasher. No. No, the washing machine. Oh, the washing machine. And she had no remorse. No. She said I shouldn't have left it in my pants. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, we, went to a, we went to a counselor. Guys, longest serving CEOs is kind of what we guessed. Leslie Wexner, Warren Buffett. Mr. Oh. Smith has come and gone uh, once, so he, he may not be on that list. And then a couple of your buddies, Len Schleifer, Stanley Bergman. They, he created Regeneron. Stanley Bergman, well, you know, that's, you know, that's Henry Schein. It Henry is. Schein created as, Henry Schein. As you know, I knew the actual Henry Schein. How about Michael Nygroff? How yeah. About How about Alan Miller, United Health Services yeah, from Alan Philadelphia? Yeah. Philadelphia's own. Huh. Philadelphia's own. Costco indeed does have an auto program. Car buying made easy. New vehicles and more. David, may I suggest that you go to Costco with me on Saturdays to blow your mind. And we do, we'll use two carts. That's what we have to do. You need two carts. You can get one of those like, like orange door things. What is that on the road that I'd you like see to that? Do that. I would you like to go? Yeah, I would. You have to get a card first. They know your phone number, by the way. They once called me when I said I got cheaper cars, tires. It's Sears. That's not cool. The CFO called don't me. Call says, me. That's just, don't yeah, call me. Don't call me. Okay. Uh, worst day for FedEx uh, since 2008 here. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Bob? 
down, uh, Carl, but it could be a lot worse. Apple, Pfizer, Merck, some of the uh, consumer names helping us out. But essentially, we're back to that old slower global growth story, largely due to FedEx. So just take a look at the sectors moving here. And of course, transports are the weakest far and away. But banks, energy and metals and mining, there's your global cyclical type uh, names. Uh, Utilities holding up better, REITs holding up better, consumer staples holding up better. You know, it looks like the early part of September. Uh, right now. For the transports, obviously, as Carl mentioned, FedEx down about 11 percent. There's UPS, and you see a lo- the logistics guys, J.B. Hunt, uh, expediters all week, uh, some of the truckers uh, week, not surprising. I agree with Jim. This is a, a rather dispiriting report that we saw overall from them. Here's what I want to point out with FedEx. This, was the, this is the canary in the coal mine. We knew about slower global growth a long time ago. We knew about it back in the early part of 2018. That's how far this stock has gone. It, it was 30 percent off of its highs going into today. Now it's 40 percent off of its highs. But this was not something that the people were astonished about. What was amazing is that they lowered the, the, uh, the, the numbers again uh, for the 2020 estimates. And that's kind of what's got a, even more people throwing in uh, the towel. But remember, the earnings have been coming down for several years. So this does not come as a shock. You can see the market here has clearly anticipated this. I think people were surprised that they still kept lowering the numbers uh, even after it, it happened here. We have have a lot of pessimism. I know that Fred Smith made some comments about the global economy, uh, and I think that certainly there is something to all of that. But remember something, and I know there's execution issues with FedEx, uh, but he's not imagining things. So the Duke University has a survey out, and they do this several times a year, of CFOs, the major CFOs. And it's amazing how pessimistic they all are. Q3 of 2020, 53% of the CFOs think we'll be in a recession in the Q3. Q4 2020, 67%. These are very high numbers. They're not extreme numbers historically, but they're unusually high, certainly, in the last 10 years. This pessimism I noted yesterday in the Global Fund Manager Survey that Merrill Lynch does, 38% think we could be in a recession by 2020. That's very high for fund managers. They're usually a lot more optimistic. So why is everybody so pessimistic? Well, the, 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 the Duke University report cited the usual suspects, the trade wars, specifically Germany, again, being flat to negative growth. And a lot of the fund managers felt that German stimulus would be the number one thing you could do to help the global stock market. That's how important that is. That's what Christine Lagarde is probably engaged in. And China's slowing down. So you've got a lot of issues here. And my point is Fred Smith is not imagining things uh, when he says that there's really something going on in the slower global growth. This makes it hard for the Fed. What are you going to do? U.S. is strong. China's weak. Europe's weak. A little bit of inflation. It's a tough call here. Obviously, the street wants more rate cuts. Uh, Just move on. We'll finish with the IPOs. They're still coming out. The important thing is we got one today, a dental supply company. It looks pricing right in the middle of the range, $22. Uh, this is Invista. And remember uh, what happened uh, uh, last week with a similar company having a very, very tough time of it uh, overall. So we'll keep an eye. The Fed's going to be the big story today. And as I mentioned, it's a very, very little tough needle to thread here satisfying the markets. Guys, back to you. All right. Thank you very much, Bob. Let's get to the bond pits. Can't keep your eye off of that one today. Rick Santelli is at the CME in Chicago. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, with Fed Day today and, of course, the volatility we saw in short-term funding, it really does underscore how all the world is fully leveraged, fully margined, fully packed, all their dollars fully accounted for, all their FX forwards, 
to satisfy their future cash flows. So when you get these short-term squeezes, it really starts to feed on itself all the way into forward rates and various investors globally that need to convert to dollars. Now, it has settled down a bit, but it most likely will set the stage for today's Fed uh, meeting, maybe even in the statement, but for sure it should enter into the Q&A. Remember, we've gone from data-dependent to day-trading you know, to think that any central bank is going to be preemptive is kind of scary. Uh, just talk to any chartist and see how his accuracy is compared to the Fed. And in both cases, nobody has a crystal ball. Let's reference Friday because that was a big spike up in interest rates. Four-day charts of two-year. We've gone from 180 to 168. But also remember, we had some big low-yield drops in early August. Look for 10s. They reached up to 190. If you open the chart up to the end of July, remember we eased on the 31st of July, you'll see that in between that meeting and now, 10s reached 145, then they reached 190, and here we sit at 176. I guess the point is there's been a lot of volatility sparked by ECB changeover and, of course, what our Fed will do. Are they going to join other central banks? Or are they going to try to impede all the negative rates around the globe? Look at boon yields from the same point at the end of July. Minus 71 is their low cycle low. Matter of fact, it's their all-time low close, currently hovering right around minus 47 to 48. And finally, let's look at what's going on with the dollar index. If you look at that spike on the left of the chart, that was Fed Day. We're darn close to the same levels. This is all about the dollar and how everybody needs more of them. Carl David, Jim, back to you. More clear. In a long time. Thanks, Rick. Still to come this morning, former Chief White House Economic Advisor Jason Furman. Does he think the Fed's on the right track when it comes to rates? And do they truly have control of the uh, pricing ban? Dow's down 50 points. We're back to 29.96. Delivering Alpha, the most important investor summit, nine years running. Strategy from leading alpha generators. Direct access to policymakers and government leaders. On September 19th, see who's calling the shots now. Go to DeliveringAlpha.com to attend this year's Blockbuster event. You will come away with ideas that you can put to work immediately. Plus, special guest Vice President Mike Pence talks economy and trade war impact. Reserve your spot now at DeliveringAlpha.com. Let's look at transports uh, on pace for their worst day since late August, uh, led by this decline in FedEx down 13%. Dow's down 68. We're back in just, just a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. You know, something. I tell you, Carl, Ralph the dog is happy, but investors still chewing over concerns. Great piece by Jeffries talking about how Chewy has valuations that are too high. The market is really pushing back on companies that are trying to grow really fast that are not worried about profitability. And Chewy is one of those. Now, uh, Fred Smith did call Chewy a great client, uh, but Chewy, whom some use with the auto pay, it, the auto pay is great. But look, when you're building a business and you're really trying to grow it fast and the market is unforgiving, well, this is what happens. All-time low. But they at least got public. They did get public. I wonder if they're humble, like Newman's humble. Those are two words that should, don't belong in the same sentence. Newman, humble. 
Hard to imagine him feeling any other way, Jim. What's on Matt tonight? Okay, we have three. We got Kronos, which is the, uh, you know, David, that's a cannabis company. Yeah, all three owns a bunch of that. Yes, wow, you really are in your game. Agco, which is a, obviously an ag company. And then Tech Data, which is the supermarket of technology. We got to find out whether things are really slowing or not. Kronos is a really interesting company. Remember, they own Lord Jones. David, that's a brand of cannabis. Oh, buy it at Costco? Yes, Bolt online. Stop it. We never got to General Mills. That was our mistake because the, the, there was no good sequential growth there. Uh, Buffalo is still good. Buffalo, I, I use Buffalo. I mean, I don't need it. And Altria, which is, man, ever since the heat turned up on e-cigs. People like uh, the General Mills. Altria's had some troubles. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 